Welcome to Body Talks Mind Lessons with Indu. Are you ready to hear real life stories from around the world how Body Talks system has helped heal trauma and brought vitality back to life? If yes, stay tuned and find out if this is what you have been waiting for. Hello everyone to the February podcast of Body Talks Mind Lessons. My guest today will share multidimensional uses of body talk but with a focus on pain, trauma and stress. The other part that I am really interested in hearing from you is uh, from her is actually how she is bringing body talk to health education and working with at-risk communities. Welcome, Elsa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. I think we're gonna have a joy ride. <laughs> All right, so let's start with where in the world are you located? I am located in Crestone, Colorado, which is a rural community of Southern Colorado nestled in the Sangre de Cristo mountain range. Wow. That is on my list of travel destinations. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I put it on the list last year also, but it didn't happen. So let's see if it happens uh, this year or not. All right, Elza. Uh, must be cold where you are. I'm in uh, rainy California. Has been a stormy <laughs> January and February here. Okay, yeah, so let's take, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the weather everywhere has been a bit challenging. Yeah, I'm looking at about a foot of snow, which is really nice because we are a high alpine desert and we need the moisture. So it's actually the most amount of snow I've seen since I moved here, which is really exciting. Ah, nice, nice. And we had a very dry uh, October to December. So I'm I'm welcoming rain. We we need it. Okay, so taking a step back into the you you growing up in your school days and uh, what were your interests? Where did life start for you? So it's kind of interesting um, question as my family has always had a strong background in medical care. My father was a grand uh, father. My grandfather, excuse me, was a pioneer in dentistry. And my mom actually worked and apprenticed with him from the time she was 14 until he stopped practicing at, I think he was about 82 when he stopped practicing. So my mom was always running the front of his practice. Um, she was, you know, in people's mouths and working alongside of him. And I remember, you know, just kind of watching the art of practice, watching how she would run things. And um, I used to spend a lot of time in his back office 
going through his case notes and looking at all the photographs he would take of people's uh, teeth moving and changing and how their jaw structures would change and kind of um, playing around in his lab because he did all his own um, making of his own appliances and things that would go in people's mouths. So as a young girl, I always had this connection to, you know, watching that uh, process of, of clinical health care. And then my aunts were all uh, nurses and we lived with one of my aunts who was a pediatric nurse. And I remember her coming home from her shifts and talking about um, her experience being with the young people. So I had this uh, kind of beginning of being steeped in medical medical care. And then on the other side of the family, um, I like to say my uncles were a bunch of Christian mystics who were philosophers and artists and activists and uh, had kind of a, a different relationship to uh, looking at consciousness in the human form and, and definitely had this steeping of uh, spirituality and art artistry and philosophy on the other side of my family. Wow, the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> <laughs> so which one attracted you most or were you always thinking how, how you were going to blend them? Or maybe he had that that point in life. Who knows where where it was gonna go, right? Well, it's kind of interesting because at age seven, I had a major injury. I was bucked off a horse and I ended up dislocating my pubic bone and had what we call an upslip downslip. And my mom took me to the doctors and they did X-rays. And I remember them placing a heart over my pelvis and it was you know to block the radiation from my reproductive system and I remember asking why do I need to have this on me and what's going on and it just didn't feel right I was like well if this could hurt me then why would I why would you even be doing this to me and so I kind of was imprinted with that right away and it was interesting because those doctors um, wanted to put me in a full leg cast and keep my body, um, you know, restricted into resetting that pubic bone and keep my one leg completely casted. Um, my dad, on the other side, said, no, let's, let's look at this from a different angle and ended up taking me to a chiropractor. And it was interesting because um, the chiropractor was able to actually adjust my pelvis. Um, we found out through, this was my first experience in kinesiology, that I had a calcium deficiency. And, and so, you know, having the pelvis adjusted, getting on some nutrient-based calcium, um, it actually corrected the issue at some level. And I was able to deal with a secondary issue that I was having um, addressed where I was dealing with uh, growth growth pains that were really, really significantly bad. They would wake me up in the middle of the night and taking the calcium completely eliminated those growth pains. So we did go the, you know, complementary or, or alternative chiropractic route versus the put you in the leg cast route. And um, yeah, I kept seeing that chiropractor over the years. And I just, you know, had this perspective of looking at things could be, you know, things could be a different way. And uh, being able to choose that path or having, you know, an option to look at it from a different perspective really started me in the path of um, my healing work. And then additionally, I was dealing with very significant, this is actually what got me into body talk, was dealing with significant sinus 
problems. And so I had been going to the doctor and getting antibiotics and um, dealing with, you know, this process of, um, you know, taking the antibiotics, things clearing up, and then the sinus infections coming back. Getting literally four to five sinus infections a year. Uh, my mm. mother had actually had multiple surgeries on her sinuses and there was this part of my brain saying oh well you know I guess my mom has had these surgeries and she's always had sinus problems so this is just something that I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life and then there was this other part of my brain that was like wait a minute if I had a different way of addressing this early childhood injury maybe there's something else out there and I remember having a sinus infection coming on and having this thought to go see another one of my aunts who was actually on my dad's side of the family and thinking, you know, she was a Waldorf teacher. She used to give us homeopathy. She used to give us salves and, um, you know, she had a very different approach. So maybe she has some way of, of helping me. And it was actually, um, just around age 15 that I went to see her and had my first body talk session. And I never developed that sinus infection and knock I have not had a sinus infection since then, 25 years later. Um, so that was pretty significant for me kind of choosing, you know, to go a different route, going that kind of, um, you know, listening to this other aspect of my own mind and, and saying, you know, I don't want to take these drugs anymore. I keep having to go back. Um, if I keep down this pathway, they're just going to want to give me surgery. So what else is possible? And then from there, um, this, you know, 25 year journey in body talk really opened up and uh, changed the framework of my whole way of, of thinking and relating to my own body as well as, you know, in the work that I do. Wow. Quite a story. Actually, there were two things that uh, um, really resonated with me. Of course, the whole story as well. The first one, when you were saying um, on one side you have pelvic injury and on the other side you have sinus issues. And as we know in body talk, you know, these are two reflections because our skeletal system, the way it's connected, uh, sometimes restrictions in the pelvic area can reflect in the sinus cavity and the other way around, right? And then Oh, these, yes. Yes, we know that, right? And I know secondly, all about this. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm going to, I know we're going to talk more about it. And the second thing when you said that how programmed we get you know, in our belief systems that my mother had it and I am going to have it. At some point, I'm not going to be able to escape it. And then your words, you said, oh, maybe there is another way, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when body talk shows up. So mm -hmm. look at those three things coming together that how many possibilities it opens up just by saying maybe there is another way it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like this for everyone all the time right right yeah just being able to you know open up to the world of potential of what is is really possible and you know over these 25 years being engaged with body talk as a client starting out, you know, in my, in my teens and then, you know, starting to practice very short after there, just watching and witnessing, um, that potential unfold in myself as well as in, in so many people and, and recognizing that that ongoing process of transformation is really about the framework of 
where where we can believe things are possible yeah absolutely so you said you got your session around age 15 so uh when did you decide that you were actually gonna practice body talk well my aunt um you know funny enough told me that right away she said wow you know elza you give me better feedback than any of my clients you're really tuned in to what's going on you're really aware of how you can feel these subtle and big shifts and and how these connections are happening she's like you should learn this work and i thought to myself no you know i'm like into art and i was at that point publishing a, a magazine and i was kind of running around you know my independence and um sure enough a couple weeks later um, something kind of just out of left field hit my brain and said, hey, maybe you should think about learning that. You know, um, I had right away started, um, you know, reading and studying about body talk because I was interested and curious when I was receiving sessions. And I was doing some of, you know, like the courtesies and the self-application for myself, but I never thought that I would be doing it professionally for a pra- as a practitioner, but I was definitely intrigued by it. So it had, you know, come across my consciousness, well, maybe you should go a little further into your study with this. And it was interesting because I looked up on the website and there happened to be a class coming to Boulder. Um, mm-hmm. In my dad had showed up at my house. Um, I had just grabbed my mail. I had gotten a tax return and my dad showed up and said, hey, you know, I got a bonus at work and I wanted to give you a little extra cash. I had been out on my own living um, on my own since I was 17. And so, you know, he showed up and said, here's some cash. And it was exactly the amount that I needed to register for the Body Talk Fundamentals class in Boulder. So I took that as a sign. I took a little leap of faith. I uh, ended up registering for the class and uh, immediately started using the work, um, you know, having had received the sessions for um, a couple of years prior to having Body Talk being really, you know, still young in my mind, still in um, you know, tr- school. I was um, 18 at the time. And I just took to it immediately. I started working with it within the second day of the class, getting results. And uh, I never looked back and have uh, pretty much been doing body talk every day ever since. I wonder if you are the youngest body talk practitioner. <laughs> Do you know that? Um, I, I think, I, well, Mina Campos, who is in Miami, who's a good dear friend of mine that I have um, trained with and worked with and taught with over the years. Um, I think she was 16 or 17 when she first started practicing. Um, it was around the same time that we first started, but she's, I think, a year or two younger than me. So, yeah, we definitely, you know, have um, a bit of the the early young people. But then I also have my daughter who took her first body talk training when she was 12 or 13 and she's about to be 16 wow she's taken fundamentals like she's helped me coordinate and she's taken fundamentals multiple times and um she definitely does body talk sessions on her friends when she feels like it and yeah so she she might have both of us beat (laughs) but she's not trying to be about (laughs) it in a professional level but um yeah the young kids teaching the young kids is it's been a passion of mine and, and getting them involved Wow, that's impressive. You gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I never thought that people gravitated towards body talk that early. This is really, really interesting. It was wow. interesting for me too, because, you know, teenage years can be difficult. I was dealing with a host of 
other issues, um, painful periods, the sinus issues. I was also um, came from a family of alcoholics. So dealing with um, deciding that I wanted to be an alcoholic early in my my <laughs> early formative years, um, also dealing with depression. So all of these things were I feel like body talk was kind of like a choice point for me and allowed me to really do transformative, powerful work for myself quickly early in my life so that I could kind of get on with things and not, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, be plagued by bad decisions that, you know, by the time I'm 30 or 40, I decided, oh, wow, I better go start looking at myself. So it was kind of cool to have that um, in my path. And then now to be able to teach young people and to give them you know, especially with body talk access, um, you know, these tools where they can kind of have self-reflection, they can feel shifts happening based on, you know, the techniques and noticing when their body goes into stress responses. So having that kind of information as early as possible, I think is such a great, um, great way to really, you know, bolster our health equity and support community health and, you know, support young people in, in having, you know, empowerment and the ability to shift and heal themselves. Right. So, um, since you were, uh, younger, uh, did you attract more of the teenage, um, clients or it was, uh, all, all, all age groups? Well, when I first started practicing, I was working in community health. Um, I was actually working with a nonprofit organization that I've been with for the last 25 years. And we, at that point, were working, um, we had funding to do work around sexual violence prevention. Um, Women who were working in the sex industry and also working with women who were actively smoking crack cocaine. So here I was, a teenager, working with Um, you know, this specific type of population that was, you know, everywhere from, you know, 20 year olds to 50 year olds. And, you know, women who had a robust lifelong experiences with challenges from mental health to substance misuse to, you know, uh, layers of abuse and trauma, um, doing body talk, and and seeing really profound, amazing, beautiful things starting to unfold in these women's life through not only, you know, having the body talk sessions, but the group work and the resources that we were offering and supporting them with um, in the nonprofit. So I kind of got thrown to the wolves, I would say, um, in my beginning, you know, first decade of body talk, just really, you know, being able to work with a population that not necessarily would have access to this type of medicine, but because the way that the uh, nonprofit organization I work for, their approach to looking at community health education and access, um, yeah, we were able to literally just start working with all kinds of different people. And that really taught me a lot about the process of how disease manifests our psyche, the process of our social constructs, how diseases don't just happen in a vacuum, how there's layers and layers that, you know, are involved with how we kind of get ourselves into these complex situations that then become a reflection of of our health outcomes. So, um, yeah. And then as I started to work in private practice, I was working a lot with women, um, middle-aged women. Um, I did a lot of work around women like CEO burnout kind of stuff and um, 
I juxtapose that with as my martial arts training, working with a lot of men and male athletes that were, you know, doing peak performance kind of work. So I've kind of across the board worked with a lot of different populations, but definitely sprinkled in there young people um, and and children as well. Yeah, definitely a multidimensional experience. And you were fortunate that you worked with the nonprofit that was open to body talk as a healthcare system, right? Because a lot of times uh, some places also have the challenge that how do you weave uh, body talk in general health? Yeah, it was really such a blessing and honor to be able to uh, bring bring that work. And also, you know, we they sponsored us in training more. Uh, we got to go to a lot of conferences and, um, you know, network and spread more information. And then, um, you know, there's still – we've trained so many people in Body Talk Access, a lot of people in Body Talk Fundamentals. Um, yeah, the organization is still really committed to offering services. We recently just um, were – granted the opportunity to work with crime survivors and trauma mm-hmm. survivors using body talk and um, energy medicine and other kind of culturally relevant practices and behavioral health components. But yeah, that nonprofit has really been ahead of the curve in um, in, in supporting people and, and doing things that are pragmatic and that actually work and being kind of mm-hmm. renegade and <laughs> willing yeah. to essentially you know, break the mold. So what is the name of this nonprofit? I think uh, we should share with our audience here. Yeah, Sisters of Color United for Education based out of Denver. They have the oldest uh, what they call Promotora program, which um, trains promoters of health in their communities. And they have expanded to doing not only direct services and referrals and case management, they've been working on housing policy. Um, Like I said, we're doing the work with the uh, trauma survivors and victimization, um, friends that have, you know, suffered in that in that realm. And yeah, they've been around for probably 40 years, I want to say quite a Mm. quite a long time and um, continuing to do really great work. So they are based in Colorado. Uh, are there other chapters in other states or it's just local? Um, they've trained promotoras all the way into um, the southern Colorado area where I actually now reside. Um, they have promotoras in Guatemala. Um, I know there's other places where they have trained trained individuals. But yeah, the organization is foundationally based out of Denver. I see. Okay. Yeah, they're doing great work and it's effective. That's uh, that's amazing. And for 40 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are there some uh, unique uh, testimonials you got while you were working with people that's something you want to share? You know, for me, I was thinking about that question and, you know, it's like so, I've seen so many things shift so quickly, um, profound 
things happen, um, especially in emergency situations or dealing with, you know, injuries or, you know, bleeding, just immediately stopping. Um, I've seen body talk bring somebody back to life after being um, gunned down. I've seen body talk stop strokes from people falling out in the middle of a grocery store or um, stop bleeding. I mean, I've had all these really interesting experiences just randomly, like having being <laughs> there when somebody is being injured and, and being able to support them. Um, but aside from that, really to me, when I think about client successes, it's the ability to witness self-empowerment to shift our patterns. So this capacity that Body Talk has to provide people a new framework or scaffolding to have the efficacy to begin to make changes, not only in their mindset, like we talked about, but in their daily patterns. So being able to really identify the key areas of our lives, like our relationships, our eating habits, our movement habits, our breath practices, um, the way that we you know, believe about things, watching people be able to discover how they essentially hold themselves back or how they essentially contribute to their distortions or their diseases and and then watching that process of self empowerment unfold and and people making behavior change um you know being able to recognize that the mark of effective therapy is actually behavior change and then watching people unfold into lives of healthy empowerment from there I also was thinking a lot about, for that question, um, my process in working with families. I've been so blessed over the years to have many, um, you know, like one family member will come in and then the mom comes in and then the sister comes in and then the aunt is coming and having sessions. (laughs) And so that process of watching families uproot and transform collectively like very deeply held genetic factors very deeply held um familial patterns that you know um things from thyroid issues to breast cancers to mental health issues to substance abuse to uh violence that happens within families um you know when everyone kind of can come and get on board and and shift their piece of it the potential of you know how that shifts for their future generations how their children come in with new consciousness what is possible to change and acknowledge amongst you know grandmothers and mothers and daughters um that kind of that kind of work is just always so humbling and always such a beautiful beautiful experience to just sit back and watch what um what is really possible Mm-hmm. Yes, Elsa. The that uh, wording that you were using, the empowerment tool. It's funny that we were having this um, public talk a couple of days ago, and uh, one of the comparison that I brought in is that uh, you know uh, Western medicine looks at the symptoms, right? Which is uh, which is a good start, right? I mean, only if you have a pain, you're gonna go to the doctor and try to figure it out. Uh, but then when they give you a pill or they give you some uh, solution, you just stop there. In body talk, what happens is we say, okay, you have a symptom, but there are probably 10 other things that happened before that symptom came in. So mm-hmm. we're not just going to stop at the symptom. We're going to go 
deeper and discover what is underneath this iceberg. So, mm-hmm. and as a part of that discovery, we are empowering people to take a second look at their lifestyle and so many other things, how emotionally they are looking at things. So it becomes a tool of reflection and empowerment. And if you are ready and you become a little bit brave to take action, (laughs) right? It can transform things to another level. So you become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. So that's how, you know, how body talk becomes uh, a way of life. And uh, once once you fall in love with this, right, there is no looking back. You just go on and on and uh, most of the time up and up, right? Right. And I I love that, you know, you're pointing that out because I like to think of, and this is something that I focus on when I'm training new practitioners, is that body talk is actually really effective, what I call lifestyle medicine. And if we can help guide our clients to reflect upon the information that is coming up in sessions, the shifts that are happening, it it is as if they're opening to some sort of new potential within their experience of having a body talk session, but it is their daily habits, their daily movements, their daily breath, their daily mindset, their diet, the the different things that they interact with through work, through relationship, through purpose, through sense of expression and creativity that start to build new pathways for those new states of health to emerge. And we can very quickly uh, support people to identify these key areas within themselves, these core aspects where their unique gifts reside as well as where their deficits or difficulties reside. And then what we can help support clients to do is master those aspects of themselves and then recognize how throughout their life there's always going to be some sort of re-emerging opportunity or next level for them to essentially address some of those core aspects of themselves and and through that process of transformation and facing those kind of day-to-day behaviors and tuning in and being in reflection and being present with what's coming up, um, you know, body talk is just such a great framework for guiding people through, um, you know, how to be in their bodies and how to live and master (laughs) everything that is wonderfully great about them and some of those things that are, you know, weaknesses and deficits that need to be transformed into strengths and greatnesses. Yes, well said. So now uh, uh, asking a different question, when did you start uh, thinking about becoming an instructor from from the practitioner journey? Uh, so I first started teaching body talk access, um, I guess that was 16 years ago when my daughter was little mm-hmm. and that naturally progressed me into the process of teaching body talk fundamentals. Um, really, the impetus had a lot to do with the community health work I was doing and wanting to be able to teach specifically, you know, in that realm. 
and Mm -hmm. wanting to be able to support individuals that are less likely to uh, even know about this kind of work or this kind of training uh, to be able to have access to it. So I always like to offer uh, typically scholarships to people who are really hungry for the information and, you know, might not have access to it um, as, you know, kind of part of the ethics of the the framework of, of spreading the information and um, the connection to it. But yeah, it was kind of just a natural progression. Um, I did practice for many, 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 many years before I did train to be an instructor, which mm-hmm. I felt... Um, has been really valuable for me as an instructor because I have a lot of clinical experience in working with a lot of different um, populations. I also have other healthcare certifications and modalities that I work with. So I have been able to weave body talk into structural integration, into my classical Chinese medicine studies, into my studies of functional movement and rehabilitation. And um, those kind of components for me um, – have helped inspire me to, you know, because I started out with body talk. Body talk was the foundation, still is the foundation. I start every session with body talk. I frame everything in body talk. And then I can use these other modalities and these experiences to really help, um, you know, support my clients, help support my students to, uh, you know, move through their own journey and process with uh, how they're going to practice or how they're going to share this medicine with themselves, their family and their communities, their practices um, in a pretty diverse way. So, yeah, I had a lot of I took a lot of experience into teaching, which has been really fun. Nice. Nice. So you teach access fundamentals. Uh, is there any other courses you're teaching as well? Within Body Talk, I teach Body Talk Access and Body Talk Fundamentals, which um, has been just such a blessing and really fun. All right. That, that is great. Okay. So now uh, uh, talking a little bit about the type of work you're doing, and uh, I understand uh, uh, now that you're doing a lot of community work, uh, how about um, uh, are you working with certain a niche of uh, uh, issues that are coming to you or uh, it's, uh, you know, just uh, all over the place? Yeah, so my private practice, I because I combine body talk with structural integration and mm-hmm. movement and I, you know, I t- I'm um, – I have a school, a martial arts school as well. So I'm a branch chief of Inshin Karate Crestone. And so we do a lot of functional movement, a lot of performance work um, with people. And so I'm naturally, uh, I think people are attracted to that component. But I would say my niche that I work with is chronic pain and stress-related disorders, as well as trauma and so individually, um, being able to use body talk as a framework with combined therapy for structural work and, and physical releases and physical energetic releases, as well as, you know, movement rehab has been really, really powerful. I think it's definitely a niche in itself. Um, there are, you know, great practitioners in the body talk system that are working along with some of that combined therapeutic approach. But it's, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, there's not a lot of people out there doing it. So we're kind of, you know, outliers and specialists in our in our realm. So we attract the people that, you know, need that kind of work. And then 
uh, working with the nonprofit organization, you know, specifically looking at uh, working with trauma, uh, working with the nervous system and trauma, working with lifestyle and trauma, working with, um, you know, supporting people who have dealt with, you know, different degrees and layers of, of trauma, which, you know, most of us have, whether it doesn't have to be some grand, you know, profound, difficult, difficult trauma, but even, you know, old injuries that we've adapted and never fully healed from those are, those are traumas, right? Um, But when we look at other things like victimization and trauma and, you know, the multiple nuances that, you know, come together for someone's life experience to have to go through those those type of experiences, that's something that, you know, body talk is so, so effective at addressing in a gentle, quick, um, and, and very profound way that, um, yeah, we're really blessed that we can, you know, offer these trainings um, in body talk access, the services of, you know, body talk and other energy medicine modalities to individuals that, you know, typically like, you know, you go to therapy and it's not getting at the physical components. It's not getting at the metabolic or biological components that are wound into trauma. And so I think we're at a really unique place as body talk practitioners. And even now where the concepts of trauma and triggers have been a little bit more um mainstream that mind body connection the approach Mm -hmm. of therapists really looking for other ways to address some of these things um you know as body talk practitioners who've been working in this system for a long time we're really year light years ahead of a lot of the traditional approaches to trauma so um that that approach is really exciting to me i think that our organization and the system of body talk has just such a great professional development track for therapists to be able to more effectively work with their clients and wrap their skills into something like body talk that can really really support support people so that's a very exciting place that i am um focusing on for the future is, uh, you know, continuing with the community health work and around this trauma and victimization to, you know, really help demystify and and introduce the simplicity and the power of something like body talk and even body talk access um, into, you know, professional organizations and, and working with therapists that, you know, really want to um, up their game in their ability to be effective clinically. Yeah, what you are pointing out is a a major advantage of body talk uh, to be in complement with whatever else you know or you want to practice. Because a lot of times when people look at one type of uh, uh, modality, and here body talk is not even a modality, it's a whole system, but uh, usually it is Uh, If you are following this, then uh, you should only follow this, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, here we say, no problem at all. Whatever you are following, that is fine. But in addition, this can work with whatever else you are doing at present. So it works so beautifully with other things that people want to try and can just, you know, walk alongside and just uh, work the magic together it's not you or me you versus me it is always you and me (laughs) we can do it all together right (laughs) right and that piece really rings true that body talk 
helps improve the effectiveness of any other therapy. Uh, whether that be in the context of somebody who is, you know, going to different practitioners to, you know, work with a complex issue, or it be in the context of a practitioner who has different modalities and skills that they want to bring into one kind of framework. And I think what really sets it apart is the fact that we train practitioners to work based on priority we follow the innate intelligence of the body through prioritizing with that dynamic, unique situation that each person has. And just like each one of us has our own fingerprint, we all have our own pathway to healing that needs to be designed by that beautiful innate intelligence that we, you know, introduce to people beginning with body talk access and, and the stimulation of the innate intelligence and then beginning as a practitioner, teaching people to get out of the ego and the mind of saying like, oh, I'm a doctor of chiropractic, so I'm going to look at it all based on, you know, the articulations of the joints or, oh, I'm a naturopath, so we're only going to look at, you know, are they detoxed and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. is their liver working or, you know, I'm a massage therapist, so I can only work with the muscles, whereas it's like, well, you actually have the ability to wind that into a a system like body talk that will help people be much more effective with how they apply um that kind of push and pull game that therapy really you know um instigates within our clients because we're you know asking them to look at things and what's beautiful is body talk they're always ready to look at it because they're like oh it's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking about how yes. do you know well I didn't but I sat back and I'm humble enough to listen and I've been trained to get out of my own training and to listen and follow the way that your body would like me to use my training to support you versus like the ego saying like, oh, I know how to do all of this and I fixed all these people and I'm the best at X, Y, Z. It's a, it's a very humbling and beautiful, beautiful approach to medicine that is just always so fascinating to hear from students, how they, you know, grapple with, you know, mastering being in that place of, of humble, um, ethical, honorable witnessing and, you know, just the, the beautiful things that are possible when people people can, um, you know, get out of the driver's seat and let the innate healing happen as it's intended to. Yes. And you remind me that uh, about five years ago, I uh, decided I wanted to make some more contribution to my home country, India. And there was only one practitioner. And, uh, you know, I went there with uh, uh, Homera, who she's from South Africa, and three of us were just uh, wondering where to start and expand body talk in India. And you, you won't believe it. We were so surprised that what we attracted, uh, the audience was doctors. Wow. Because they felt that, yes, uh, we practice Western medicine, but a lot of times we really don't know what the client needs, what the patient needs. So body talk gives them such a great starting point to start looking at a certain direction, a certain way, and not just give people medicine, but in addition, also give them direction. Uh, like you were saying, the lifestyle, lifestyle direction, you know, where they should be looking in at the stress in their life or whatever else comes up. So, you know, it was just so interesting that uh, we talk about healthcare practitioners and even doctors could use it and complement their Western uh, medicine practice. 
Right. Well, and if they can actually sit with the system and, you know, find that relaxed humility and get good at navigating how to facilitate a body talk session, anyone who's had a body talk session or facilitate sessions know that a whole lifetime of change can happen in just a few moments. And so even where there's restrictions of time, where we can only spend 10 or 15 minutes with a patient, having something as effective as listening to the innate intelligence and pinpointing exactly where the body is ready to shift and balance um, could revolutionize the way we look at these, you know, approaches to healthcare that have, you know, kind of pigeonholed doctors into only having a little bit of time with, um, you know, with their patients. And then the other piece is how great we are poised as instructors and as a system to fill in the gaps regarding telemedicine because body talk, as we know, works at a distance Mm -hmm. and it can be quickly effective, um, you know, in just a few minutes. And, you know, the fact that we can't maybe always all the time be together in person and this, you know, dawn of virtual everything that has kind of been this interesting silver lining or a progression of since COVID, um, you know, we're really going to be seeing a lot of therapists and doctors needing to expand their, their skill sets and needing to expand their ability to serve patients and actually deal with um, the things that are presented to them. So what a, what a great solution um, that, that we have here that we've all been, you know, working with for so many years. And I just think it's such an exciting time as, as body talk practitioners and, and instructors to help meet the needs of what's transforming right now with healthcare. Yes, absolutely. Especially with remote sessions, you know, so effective, don't even have to go anywhere and, uh, you can tune into anybody in the world, uh, of course, with their permission, but it just works beautifully in person as well as uh, uh, from a distance. So that is a definite advantage we have as body talk practitioners. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, as, it's uh, interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. So I, I think we can continue for another hour uh, <laughs> since we are enjoying it uh, so much. Uh, but uh, uh, let's... Uh, Let's kind of wrap it up, if you don't mind, uh, with your contact information and also what is your big message to the world? And hopefully I didn't miss any anything in particular that you wanted to share. No, thank you so much for your time. It's been a great discussion and um, I just, I'm so passionate about this work. I like a lot of times tell people like I wouldn't know who, what to do with myself without body talk considering it's been part of who I am for more than half of my life. Um, so I'm, you know, over that mark that I'm, I'm definitely in there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I appreciate this opportunity. If listeners want to get a hold of me, they can reach out to me through my website is bodytalkyourbrain.com. And I would say my message to people, (laughs) what comes up for me is I hear a song in my mind. It's one of my favorite songs, um, Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. So that's my message is to people to go listen to that song. But in that song, he says, I am starting with the man in the mirror. I am asking him to change his ways. No message has been any clearer. If you want to make a change, take a look at yourself then make that change. And I feel like body talk is such a beautiful way for us to look into our own mirrors, 
to take accountability, to have self-empowerment, to have self-efficacy and become the greatness that we are destined and designed to be. It's just such a great facilitator and it really is up to us. So starting with that man in the mirror and recognizing that no matter how difficult it is to make a change, no matter how scary it is to make a change, you know, one step towards a new potential uh, could could change everything from the past. And when we can look deep within ourselves, um, we are then capable of, of accountability and responsibility. And Body Talk helps us do that so beautifully and so simply and, and really opens the pathways to make it easy and joyful and fun. All right, Elsa, that was beautiful, beautiful. I feel that flow of energy <laughs> already pretty energized. Thank you Yay. very much for your time. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. We'll be back with another episode. And uh, uh, until then, you take care of yourself and uh, look at the mirror and decide <laughs> what is it that you want to change today. And if you have any questions, uh, Indu at bodytalksmindlessons.com. Until then, take care. Bye-bye, Elsa. Thank you so much, Indu. Happy tapping, everyone. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye.